that your goodness and your mercies keep pursuing us every day of our life. We thank you that you are standing at the window of your house as the parable of the loving Father waiting for our return. We thank you that you are not limited by the limitations of this earth, that you can always come through for us and that you always come through for us. Thank you for filling our mouth with laughter. Thank you for filling our tongue with rejoicing. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the escape route in Jesus. Thank you that we can call you Father and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Well, it's another day. We thank God for this opportunity, for this privilege, and for this rare grace of choosing us, of accepting us, of selecting us, of liking us, of preferring us, of anointing us. Remember that as long as he keeps selecting us to see another day, we must work the works of him who has selected us. While it is day, it was definitely a night season of our life would come where we will not be able to work. Tonight, you are looking at another single episode. <laughs> it seems like the series you are going in the break, but I'm sure we will resume very soon. And for tonight, you are looking at a topic I would like to title What Are You Building On? What Are You Building On? And in a particular way, it's a connection with what we studied last two weeks and what we studied last week. We know the story of one time when David said he was thirsty. And about three men risked their lives just to get this man water. But the episode was just to let us appreciate the fact that, in as much as David was loved by so many people, there were also others that did not like him, that did not accept him, that did not recognize the grace and the anointing of God upon his life. But those people should not make you double minded about God's liking for you. And the main emphasis is that it's God's love for our life that we're more obsessed about. Then we went on to look at God is a rewarder, letting us appreciate the fact that these people who may not accept you are not the ones who are going to promote you. Your promotion or your reward does not lie in their hands. You may have a boss who may not accept you, even though you are putting in your best. Don't be so perturbed because you know that promotion doesn't come from him. God will cause such people to promote you. If God will have to remove some people to just promote you, it will happen. If God has to remove Haman from Mordecai to become the right hand man, it will happen. And because of this, our aim in life should be to please Him, the only one who has the power to promote and demote somebody. And this should be an encouragement for us that when we are doing good, that when we are making the effort to live for God, we should not be discouraged. Whether people see us, whether people recognize us, whether people appreciate us. Maybe you are a church worker, maybe you are an usher, a musician, a prayer warrior. But when they are doing workers' appreciation day or whatever, 
they appreciate certain people when you may think that these people are not even putting in their best or people when they come and work they always complain and mumble but yet still they are the ones who appreciate the people be so worried because your reward is God who is going to give it to you and we emphasize the fact that when we say this many of us we think that when we say God is going to reward you we think we are talking about heaven or when we get to heaven that's the good thing about God's reward he rewards us in this life and that's come so double <laughs> not double trouble but double package so that should be our obsession in life pleasing the one who has enlisted us pleasing the one who has deemed us qualified enough for his love because he is our reward and then you are landed if I should say on what are you building on what are you building your life on Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 following Jesus teaching over it in fact the whole of Matthew chapter 7 Jesus was teaching and he started by saying that we should not judge people remove the moat in your eye so that you can see the beam in people's eyes he talked about hypocrites he talked about the fact that if evil fathers know how to give good gifts to their children how much more our loving father then he talked about the fact that false prophets will come and the only way you can know a false prophet is by their fruits so Jesus was giving or Jesus was in a camp meeting <laughs> for the teaching sense so after talking about the way to identify false prophets he then went on to say that many would say or many would say to him that day Lord Lord did I not prophesy in your name did I not do this in your name and God would tell them that I never knew you and in verse 23 he said that and I would profess unto them I never knew you apart from me he that work iniquity and in verse 24 that's where we are starting so after Jesus has given this expose or a teaching sense on several things he concluded the chapter and that's what we are looking at Matthew 7 the verse number 24 therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine remember so what sayings the sayings he said about that is don't judge people don't be a hypocrite your father is good, he will give you good things. Enter through the narrow gate, beware of false prophets by their fruit. So after he has finished giving this wonderful expose, he concluded by saying this, Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. The next verse. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now let's just end the chapter. There will be two more verses. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended this saying, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For they said, For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Wow. If you were in church, you would say, if you were in a church building, you would say, God bless the reading of his word. And we'll respond by saying, Amen.
<laughs> so you are looking at what are you building upon but before that i just love the last verse said for he taught as one having authority not as the scribes this is just a, a, a free a dessert you know I don't, i'm sure if you have been to the university and you are listening to me i'm sure you will notice certain lectures that from the way they teach you will know that these people we call them their authorities in their field not necessarily lectures but i'm sure maybe in secondary school and like primary school you see that especially when it comes to subjects like maths if your teachers or your lecturer is really good in the maths like you see the vein <laughs> as we say the vein but you notice the authority the person teaches with but i'm sure all of us will know one or two teachers especially for me when i was in secondary school physics i never had a good physics teacher according to me because all of them when they were teaching me they take like <laughs> they didn't really know what they were teaching like they, if they don't have a textbook they can't teach and when they're solving questions they need to look at the book word for word they'll be writing so you just notice that they don't look like authority figures in what they are teaching and i'm sure you might have noticed this or if you have noticed i'm telling you so notice it <laughs> if you are still a student you notice the flair with which some lecturers when they are lecturing they lecture and you notice how some struggles like they always need a certain confirmation they are not really i don't know the word to use but i believe that gets what i'm saying so the people were saying that they notice one thing about the teaching of jesus and the teaching of the scribes and the thing was that jesus taught with one part of authority now it means basically two things or there are two meaning when we say he taught us one word of authority meaning they were always just to the things they were not really one with what they were teaching they didn't really have a persuasion concerning what they were teaching and especially if you are in the science field if maybe a particular experiment if you have done it in the lab several and now you are teaching it to somebody you know the certain fame or certain confidence with which you teach it to somebody else but if you all you know was that you read it in a book and I was supposed to demonstrate it to someone you realize that you are in trouble i remember when i was a teaching assistant <laughs> other particles i never really understood one of the students but now i had to teach it to the students <laughs> come and see youtube what i want youtube videos like something but even with that when i was demonstrating it to the students <laughs> messy but we survived but they noticed that when jesus was speaking he was talking as one who had authority as one who was one with the teachers and he was talking from a first hand or a first speaker point of view so he would be saying things like and your father's earth bread in the wilderness and they perished but i am the bread of life your father's did this but i am before he talked with one that knew what he was saying and one of the things he said which we are going to look at is about the response people give after they hear God's word so let's go back and peruse it verse by verse therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them we are looking at what are you building on i think i've said on the podcast before that the blessing comes in doing the word of god because there are many people who hear god's word but they never do it So the issue is not about hearing God's word alone 
but the issue is about doing God's will. That is why many a times we get it twisted. <laughs> many a times we get confused when we notice people in church or people who seem to be active in church, yet still they don't do God's will. So your participation in church activities and your hearing of the word of God is not an enough evidence that you are living it out. So the fact that this man's brother or this man's sister is always in church doesn't make her somebody who leaves out the word of God. So many times people get confused that, hey, this person is in church and the person is doing this, the person is doing that. There can be several reasons, but one of them is that the fact that the person is hearing God's word doesn't mean that he's doing God's word. And Jesus is letting us know that it is not just about hearing God's word, but it's about doing God's word. So Jesus said that, what will I liken this person to? So imagine Jesus in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Whenever he notices Brother A in church, hearing God's word, and after he leaves the church building, he begins to make, or he begins to put it into practice. Spiritually, <laughs> this is just to help us appreciate what we are saying. God is, or what Jesus sees is that he sees a builder who is building his house on a rock so whenever you go to church and you hear that be consistent in prayer and you make it an effort to to put in effort to pray what god sees is a wise person so he says that i will liken him unto a wise man hearing god's word and putting it into practice makes you a wise person before god and there are two reasons why, or there are three reasons why that happens. One is because you putting God's word into practice, meaning that you have accepted God's wisdom of doing certain things. So if you were near about prayer and you decide not to pray after, it means that you think that your strategy of getting things in life is more efficient than God's strategy. Because you hear God's word and you decide not to do it. How do you decide not to do it? By not doing it. You are simply telling God that God, when I put your solution to life and I put my solution to life and I juxtapose the two, I prefer my option. So the Bible says, if any man is in trouble, let him pray. But when you're in trouble, you don't pray. You rather want to solve things by your own way. What you are telling God is actually God, I've heard what you are saying, but I don't accept your formula for life. That is why the people you should be afraid of the most is people that are always exposing themselves to the knowledge of God's word, but they don't put in the effort to do it. They are the people that you should fear the most. If the person is not hearing, the person is ignorant, it's understandable. This is what will I like him onto? A wise man which built his house or which built his house upon a rock. And this is where our title is coming from. What are you building your life on? Whose opinions in life are you building your life on? So you are looking for a life partner, or you are looking for something, or you want something, you want to do something in life, you want to achieve something in life. Whose standard of achievement are you looking at? To? What will you call a successful life? What will you call the right partner? What will you call the ideal dream or the, the ideal job for you? What are your parameters by which you judge life? It's an indication of what you are building your life on. So if you are looking for a life partner and you put out your list there, you write the things you are looking out for, compare it to what God will put out. If societal trends is influencing your decision making, you are building your life on societal trends. If friends 
the opinion of friends is what is influencing your decision. You are building your life upon their decision. And you'll be amazed to know the high-minded reason people have come up with, especially when it comes to things about marriage and finances. The wonderful theories or the wonderful high-minded and and wisdom-sounding theories people have come up with. And whenever you decide to choose their way of doing things, you are building your finances upon their words. You are building your relationship upon their words. Then in the next verse, he goes on to tell us that something happened after you build. The rains descend, the floods come, and the wind blew. But what happened? They beat upon that house, and it does not fall. Jesus is letting us appreciate that there are three seasons of life everybody will go through. And these three seasons of life will beat upon your building. These three seasons of life would determine the foundation by which you are building your house upon, would determine your stability in life. The season of rain, the season of flood, and the season of the wind. These are three seasons everybody goes through. And you know, the seasons of life, you can look at it in terms of um, sowing, waiting, and reaping. You can look in terms of the weather, that is summer, spring, and all these things are biblical. But another, um, if I should say metaphor, that for the seasons of life Jesus gave us is the weather. That is the rains, the floods, and the wind. And these three signify the three seasons that everybody goes to. So let's look at the first one. The rain signifies the season of blessings, the season of joy, the season of goodies. Sweetheart, God will bless you. Sweetheart, God will give you the good of the land. But whether or how you will navigate that season of life is going to be dependent on what you have built your life upon. That is why people have left God because of certain breakthroughs they have. People have abandoned the faith because of a wonderful marriage God gave them or a wonderful husband God gave them. People have abandoned God because of that child God gave them. People have abandoned God because of that academic ability God has given them. People have abandoned God because of the blessings that God has given them. You see how people are arrogant in life because when they look in the mirror, the image they see to them is beautiful. <laughs> people have allowed their beauty to corrupt their mindset, to corrupt their life, to cause them to take wrong decisions in life, meaning to build their house on that which is not a rock. How do you handle a good thing? Some people cannot handle blessings. Some people cannot handle money. And I always give this example. I've, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before. When you're in secondary school, when people become prefects, just look at the way they can change. Small, dining hall prefect you have become. Hey, sister. <laughs> I thought it was only boys' school, but I had a girl's school too. It is there. Ah, small, dining hall prefect you have become. Hmm, mercy. So the season of the rains would come and they would beat against your life choices. They would beat against the building that made your life out of. So let's say you're looking for um, a spouse and the criteria you use in choosing a spouse has been made. So now you are married. And now God begins to bless you with a loving man, with children, with money. How would you respond when the winds beat against your building? I have known friends, many. I have known so many friends who were serving the Lord in secondary school. When they stepped foot in Europe. <laughs> oh, God, mercy. 
I know friends that we used to go to the prayer chapel in secondary school with. We used to pray for hours. We used to pray under the rain. I remember one particular time we were praying in the rain and mosquitoes were dealing with us. The following day, we all woke up with malaria. People like this that we lived in the vineyard of God when they landed in Europe. It's as though, <laughs> hey, mercy, come on, Europe, come on, America. Hey, they are beyond recognizable. You can't recognize them again. People that were Christian pillars in school, when they left the shores of Ghana and they stepped forth in Europe, their lives have changed drastically. They are now challenging the existence of God. That's how far they are going because they are now in supposedly a good land. The season of rains is going to come. The next season that Jesus tells us is definitely going to come is the floods. That is a season that is not so pleasant because nobody, everybody likes the rain, but we don't like the flood because when the flood comes, it destroys lives and property. So it's that there are going to be uncomfortable seasons of life. There are going to be seasons of life where you will cry. There are going to be seasons of life where you feel so discouraged. There are going to be seasons of life where you feel so abandoned and rejected and alone. There are going to be seasons in life where things will seem to be so delayed in your life. There are going to be seasons of frustration. The floods are going to come and they will beat against your house. They will beat against the choices you are making in life. They will beat against it. A season where it seems as though your prayers are just going around your head. Nothing seems to be moving for you in life. It's like your life is at a standstill. Your life is like a routine. There is nothing, there's no good news in your family. There's no good news at work. There's like, there's, there's a still, your life is a still need. Those seasons of life would come. And how would you respond to it? Many a times when people face that season, then the first thing they tell themselves that God is incapable of solving my problem. So let me go elsewhere. Some people, they face maybe a medical crisis at home. A family member is in a dire medical situation and they need money. And the only option they could come up with is going to steal. And when I mean steal, I don't mean break into somebody's house. I mean when they go to work, they steal money from their company. They become dishonest. They begin to cheat their client because their flat is hitting against their building. That is because what they have built their life upon, the parameters in which they have, which have become a deciding factor in their life, will now be challenged by trouble times because the floods are going to come soon that we are going to cry some days. We are going to be so broken-hearted and disturbed. We are going to be so lonely sometimes, even though you may be around people. Times when you didn't expect that you get a call of a bad news, those seasons will come and they will beat against your building. And the last season is the winds. The winds will blow, signifying the season of change. No situation in life is permanent. No season of life is permanent. And many of us cannot handle change. And yet again, I'm sure most of you know some people. Maybe when you were in secondary school, they were on fire for one. When they entered the university, my God. Hey! <laughs> when they entered the university, that has been the end. Some people to university, they were very good. But when they entered the job market and their managers and their bosses and their directors begin to hit on them. I know people like that. And once I, I think I've shared on the podcast before, a friend of mine at work, a lady who used to be a press secretary on campus university, she said, Charlie, I've served God enough. Why? We to let me go and enjoy. And she, she was a fine girl. So the directors were approaching her. The managers were approaching her. Is it oh, how bad could it be? One dinner date will not be bad. One outing will not be bad. One this will not be bad. 
and only God knows where she is now, the season of change will come. Look at the way sometimes you can serve God so freely, but when you get married, it's as if you never know God. You and God will have no relation. Hey, come on, marriage. Marriage can be going for a common dating. Some small boy that come to tell you that the apple of my eye. That has all. And my university, we know people like that. First year they're serving a lot, second year they're serving a lot, third year they get the boyfriend and yeah, that has been the end of their life. The season of change comes. Maybe you're always living with your parents, but a particular time would happen and you are left alone. That's why many people, when they travel, they find it so difficult to live for God. Because let's say you are in Ghana, you are in Africa. Because of friends you have, you don't you don't have the vim vices to do certain things. But some immediately they go to a foreign land. Maybe they go on scholarship to go and study, and now they are alone. Nobody knows them. <laughs> wow. Then you will see who is who. So these are the three constant seasons of life. The season of the rains, the season of the floods, and the season of the winds. And the issue is that they would beat against your building. They would challenge the very core of the reason why you take certain decisions. I always tell my friends who are a bit younger, the ladies that... It's very easy now when you are 21, 22, 23, 24 to say, oh, I'm waiting for the right guy. I don't believe you when you say that. When you are 29, when you are 30, 31, and you can still say I'm waiting for the right guy, then I'll give you a standing ovation. Right now, it's very easy to so I'm waiting, you know, it's not a good time. That's it. When you are 29, let's see if you can still be waiting. <laughs> then is when the seasons of the flood will begin to challenge the very motive why you said you were waiting, the very motive why you rejected this guy, why you rejected this guy, because the guy was not God-fearing. There is where you see. So you realize that most people, when they get to that season of their life, then they begin to be double-minded as to why they held, why they held on to certain beliefs. I know people who were against sex before marriage, but after a point in that, they tell and then after all, what man will see before? Because now the season of the wind is blowing against their building. And the next verse, it tells us that there is also another group of people who hear the word of God, but they don't do it. And as I said earlier, it's because when they juxtapose the wisdom of God according to their wisdom, they prefer their wisdom. So if the wisdom of God is saying that sex after marriage, you are saying that no, 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 no. That's not what you subscribe to. Then you come up with so many fantastic reasons. The reason one I heard was, oh, he knows my parents. I said, ha, how does he know your parents qualify? <laughs> And the person was so convincing, I thought, oh, he knows my parents. Said, so, how does he know your parents give him access? But that's the reason people come up with, oh, we got married the next day, we got married next year. So fantastic. Because when you compare that reason to the wisdom of God, you think that yours is better than God's own. God, there, you know, go for, he will allow you to build. And the Bible said that when he also builds, anybody who builds his life on decisions not founded by the word of God, Jesus said that he likens you to a man who is building on the sand. It's just a matter of time. And the same thing that happened to the wise builder is the same thing that happened to the foolish builder. In both scenarios, the rains came, the flood came, and the winds blew. So both people are exposed to the same condition, but not both of them will not come out the same. Because the second guy built his house on the sand, when the rains descended, when the floods came, and when the winds blew and beat upon his house, it fell. And I like the way the Bible added and great was the fall of it. And great was the fall of it. You see, as we keep go, as I keep going older and I keep relating with people, 
one thing I noticed is how complicated and for the lack of better words, messed up people's lives are. You see somebody smiling, nice, coming to work, smiling, nice. But when you begin to relate with the person, and the person begins to tell you the, the, the situation the person is in, you ask them, how did you get yourself here in the first place? How did you get yourself here in the first place? Many people are going through unimaginable messed up situations because they decided to build their house on the sand. What are you building on? I know people who were like, oh, I've met this great guy. He's the one for me. And according to them, when they juxtaposed their wisdom to the wisdom of God, they came to the conclusion that the only way to hold him down, <laughs> to tie him down, to, to assure myself, is by getting pregnant for him. And she went in with it. But right now she looks back and she just can't imagine what has she gotten herself into. A whole complicated situation. Oh, it's like the whole situation you see is like earpiece that has been <laughs> scrambled together. Like you are pulling one side, one side is not pulling. Or I think the better one would be um, the lights they put on the Christmas tree. You know, after Christmas, they just bundle it together and they put it in a box somewhere. Like, can't you wrap? People start to listen to me like, how did you end up here? That is because of the little, when they were building their house, they decided not to build their house on a rock. And the rock is the word of God. Sweetheart, let the word of God influence your decisions. This statement cannot be overemphasized because whether you like it or not, your life will be great or not great depending on your choices, regardless of how you started life or regardless of the situation you are born into, the power of your decision. So Jesus told me that I have set before you life and death. Choose life. Your decisions that God gave man a will that was one of the most powerful things God ever did. The most powerful responsibility God ever did gave man that you will now choose and the choice you make will determine your destination. It's a very scary responsibility God gave us. It's a very, very scary responsibility. But many of us hear God's word, especially those in Africa and Ghana. Every radio station preaches, Every everybody has um, friends that are religious, if I should say, that are always posting things on their status. Everywhere you turn, every people are always preaching. You keep here, you go to church. Many people are in church, yet still, their decisions in life are not founded upon God's word. What are you building your life upon? And it's the funny thing that both of them were building, and both of them might have built the same structure. In the sense that you may be married, listen, sister A may be married, sister B will be married. Both of you are married to good husbands, both of you have good jobs, both of you have good children, like three children or four children, two boys, two girls, two boys, two girls. So on the outside, your life or your building looks the same. But when the rains come, when the floods come, and when the winds blow, then is when things will be exposed. And remember, the winds or these three seasons will happen to both people. But what you build your life on will determine whether you will stand or whether you will fall. You see that a great was the fall of that building. Do not underestimate the choices you are making today, especially if you are a student. We take so many things for granted when we are students, especially in university. We take so many things for granted. We take so many decisions for granted. What we don't realize is that those decisions we are taking, 
are the building blocks on which we are building our lives. Those building blocks are the materials we are building our lives. And by the time we look back 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you would rather have built a structure. But what was the foundation? And in case you haven't realized, in case you haven't realized, this life is a very temporal and a very passing life. Sometimes when I remember my age, I get scared. I said, hey, when did I get to this age? When did I pass all those years? <laughs> so those little decisions I've been taking several years ago that I thought had no effect, it is what is accumulating and is taking me here and taking me where I'm going to. Sweetheart, build on the rock. Let's look at our last scripture. First John 2, 27. One of my favorite scriptures sometime ago, but I think now I've got it. <laughs> First John 2 27. Papa, John is speaking to us and he said something. He says, The world passeth away and the last thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, Papa John tells us that this world is a passing world. And you should not be old enough to notice how passing this world is. Nothing in this world is permanent. Nothing in this world gives permanent satisfaction. And I always like to laugh at a friend. I remember when she was going to buy a particular iPhone. When she bought the iPhone, my God. The phone looked like a phone that was bought from heaven. It was still on point. The phone was on point. But now, about what? Four years down the line? <laughs> The phone has an issue with this charging, the camera quality that after that time we thought was dope. <laughs> well, the camera quality was like, ah, be dope like that. The phone, so many scratches and say, ah. But this phone, when you are buying this phone, yeah, I was jealous in my head. Though. But now I look at the phone, I say, ah, so what at all did I see at that time? This world is a passing world and everything in this world is like that. I always like to give this scenario that maybe when you were in secondary school, you were dying to get to go to a university. You just could not wait to be in court, to be free. But when you go to university after three, four years, you are fed up. You just can't wait to be working. If you are a medical student, you just can't wait to be called doctor. If you are a lawyer, you can't wait to wear your gown and your whatever. But after you work, after you start working, when are <laughs> Now you want to be manager, you want to be CEO, you want to be director. But a guy waiting for promotion. Because that which you think is bring satisfaction in life doesn't really bring satisfaction in life. Because this world is passing. Even you that are staying there, you are passing. Look at the way you have changed. Maybe if you went to invest in level 100, just look at your level 100 picture, look at when you're in level 400, how you have changed. Everything in this world is passing, even your beauty. So John is saying that this world is a passing world, including its last. If you have dated before, can you imagine the time you saw that person for the first time? How you just could not wait to propose and for the person to say yes. But a few years down the line, I always give this scenario that at the beginning, you just could not wait to talk to the person. Even if you were in the washroom, you would come out with a towel around your waist and go and pick the call. But after a few years, then you look at the phone and you see that the person calling you saying, I'll call you later. It's a passing world. The last of the world is also passing. The thing that we are biting each other for, killing each other for, gossiping against each other for, is passing because it doesn't bring you satisfaction. But John has given us the cheat code to life by the he that doeth the will of God. How do you do the will of God? By hearing his will and doing it. When you are doing his will, you are building your life upon a rock. The Bible says you would abide forever. You would take decisions that have lasting impact. 
That is why this, the proverb says that beauty is vain, but he that feareth the Lord shall be great. So if you are taking, if you are basing your decision on a spouse and a person's beauty, you would realize 20 years down the line, when the rains come, when the winds come, when the flood comes, that what you took on, what you built your relationship on was sand. It will come crumbling down. But if you built your relationship on God's criteria, it will stand the test of time. He that doeth the will of God abided forever because God's word abides forever. God's word is the only thing that transcends generations and time. Look at the way theories have changed. Look at the way policies have changed. Look at the way the way we are even relating to each other has changed. First, we are relating to each other just by phone calls and texts and Skype. Look at the way social media has revolutionized the way we relate to each other. Look at the way things are changing, constantly changing. Whether technology existed before or not, the word of God still is relevant. So if you take decisions based on the wisdom of God's word, your decision will last. Your decisions will last. So tonight's episode, we are just encouraging you, be a doer of the word of God. Because that is the only secret to enjoy lasting resolve. Because when the rains come, when the floods come, and when the winds come, the foundation in which you built your marriage on, in which you built your finances on, in which you built your life on, would stand. You want to just spend some time in prayer. The Father, may we do your will. In fact, before that, don't go to the, the scripture we perused, Matthew 7. We looked at the verse 24, but just some few verses before that. Listen to what Jesus said. We're thinking of verse 20. It says that, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. It's all about the will of God for your life. That is the only permanent thing in your life. So imagine if you have built your whole life on the influence of every other thing than the word of God for your life. By the time you are 70 and you look back at your life, you would realize that what you are building was a sand castle. When the water comes, it blows away everything you have done. Then you look back and see how much you have wasted this precious gift of life. And I know ladies like that, they were dating guys that they knew were not correct. But maybe because at that particular time, they didn't want to feel lonely. The person was what, in quotes, nice and caring to them. They thought that's what they did. But after they finished dating the person for like six years, and they are now 28, 29, 30, and their relationship has become one way or they have become messed up, they look back at how they have wasted their life with this person. And it's really, really painful. But thank God for the Bible. I call the Bible the past questions to life. Whatever question your life would bring to you, the Bible already has the answers. We want to spend some time in prayer. Thank God grant us the grace to build our house upon the rock. Grant us the wisdom. Grant us the humility to accept your choice for our life. Accepting God's will for your life. Accepting God's choice for your life. Maybe your choice is to marry brother A, but God's choice is brother D. May we accept God's choice for our life. Your choice is to work at company A, but God's choice is for you to work at company C. May we accept God's choice for our life. 
because in accepting God's truth for our life, we are building our house upon a rock. Because this world is passing away, and the last thereof, but they that do the will of God abide forever. Father, we pray for humility, O God, to accept your wisdom. We pray for the boldness to reject the wisdom of this world, to reject the wisdom of society, to reject the wisdom of trends, to reject the wisdom of friends, to reject the wisdom of culture, and we accept your wisdom in the name of our Lord Jesus. May we build our finances on the rock. May we build our health upon the rock. May we build our families upon the rock. May we build our relationships upon the rock. On the rock. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for assistance, Lord. Supply grace for us, Lord. Supply grace for us, Lord. May we be a wise builder in the name of our Lord Jesus. May you look at us and describe us as a wise builder in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray, God, for a descending air that when we hear that voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it may we find the energy and the grace to walk in your will for our lives father give us no other desire give us no other yearning give us no other longing than to do your will for our lives jesus said my need is to do the will of him who has sent me and to finish it may we have no other business in life than to build our house upon the rock in the name of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the Bible, which is past questions to life, which are the cheat codes to beat and to win in life. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you so much for being with us for yet another week. And we hope that next week, same time, we will catch you. Hopefully, we will start to go back to our series. <laughs> Remember, this is the wisdom of God for you that give him your best and make sure that you owe no man nothing but love. Bye-bye and see you next week. <laughs>